Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Okay, which one of you did it? Tell me who did it so I can kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, we have no idea what you're talking about. Who put Wonder Woman's sex tape on the internet? Hey guys, what's going on? Oh my goodness, Diana, uh, you see- Somebody put your fuck tape online! What? Don't worry, I'm gonna find out which one of these jerk-offs did it, and when I do, asses are gonna be kicked. Damn it. Wasn't supposed to go live until tomorrow. Wait a minute, what? You put this online? Damn right I did. I'm gonna kill my publicist for leaking it early. What'd you guys think, though? Look okay? For a lesbian, you browser girl. Ooh, maybe I can get TMZ to ambush me somewhere and I'll pretend I didn't know. You, but, but why would you do that? Come on, Flash, it's just business. My TV pilot flopped and I need the publicity to keep up with the rest of you guys. It's not like I'm some D-list superhero. I'm fucking Wonder Woman. Wait a minute, rewind the tape. Someone else is in the room. Yeah, Martian Manhunter needs the press worse than I do. Damn it, you can't do that when I'm drinking. I just splooged vodka all over my alarm clock. Thanks, Q. You're welcome. At least something got splooged on around here. <laughs> and with that, welcome to episode 13 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're so classy. We 13? Class- 13. Lucky 13. Wow. I know. Isn't that impressive? Uh, yeah, so, uh, oh shit, I should probably look. Ah, fuck, I was going to actually like, do the intro properly this time. Son of a bitch. Jesus <laughs> uh, So we can do this from memory. Okay. Uh, welcome to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast, where each week we pair the finest of comic books with the finest of cocktails. You can find all of our recipes and links to our social media on our website, www.funnybooksandfirewater.com. And this week we are reading uh, Wonder Woman, Hikatea, which I had to fucking look up how to say it. And uh, the closest I found was a... Uh, online uh, conversation going on between a bunch of people. It seemed like a ask-me-anything kind of thing. And the author, uh, let's see, I think it's Greg Rutka, said that it was pronounced Hick, H-I-C-E-A-A-T-A. But we'll probably say it wrong 5,000 dozen ways because we've already had the argument about GIF versus GIF versus whatever. Anyway. And we're drinking. And we're drinking. And I just got off of work, and so I'm drinking quickly, which is also fun. And I just have to go pick up Eddie from his work, so now I can drink. So I'm drinking quickly, and yeah. Hooray! Cool. So drinking quickly and uh, internet famous and with beautiful new headshots as we're recording right now, (laughs) we have, from the great state of Zion, the world famous Adam McDonald. Yay! Yeah, um, Adam, catch me on Big Shiny Robot, also Geeks Out, and I'm also the co-host of the Board as Hell podcast with the ever-wonderful Andy Wilson, who's been on this podcast a couple times. We need to get him back. I miss him. Yeah, and he's, he's just been really busy. He's, you know, he's with his Saving the Earth and everything with his job. Uh, but yeah, I got some cool stuff coming down the line. I will announce it once it's official. Uh, but yes, it does involve headshots. And, you know, the, the kinds I can show kids, not, like, my pro and private headshots. So, uh, yes. I'm, I'm like, can I go with a joke there? And I'm like, no, not on a conversation that I really want to chase after, because I will lose. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah, so thanks, guys. And, yeah, there's some exciting stuff coming up, and I'm, I'm very excited to share it uh, once it all becomes official. So. Also with lovely and amazing headshots, the infinitely talented Q is joining us. I have headshots. You offer me knee pads. I'm assuming you're, you're a performer. <laughs> I assume you have headshots. Actually, I don't. Isn't that terrible? I just print off, like, random selfies from Facebook. <laughs> this is me. Hire me. Whatever. I do community theater. I don't need headshots. People know who I am. 
Uh, um, it's true. <laughs> the infamously, infinitely famous Q from La Plata, Maryland, because everyone in La Plata fucking knows Q. It's true. Um, so, 1776 is approaching quickly. I'm at, you're, you know when you're in a show and you're at that stage of, fuck! Yeah, that's yeah. where we are. Because, you know, you, you feel you know, you feel like you've spaced everything out. No, you know, you never do properly. So, um, anyway, so that's coming fast and uh, approaching. Um, and then after that, I've kind of mentioned it a, a few times. So I'm going to be working on um, Gypsy. I'm going to be uh, helping with our, our teen summer camp. They uh, they do a show in a week, so that's always fun for them. I'm, I'm a little sad. At- so it's Glee the live action experience. Yeah, it really is. So on Monday morning, people audition. By lunchtime, it's cast. And by Friday, you perform a show. Oh, goddamn. Yeah. Yeah, it's super fun. I got to do it last year um, as the as the costume um, counselor, I guess you would say. Um, but because I have like a big boy job now, I can't um, take the week off to do it. So, but, yeah, but I am gonna try to help as much as I can, um, just because it is a huge, huge undertaking and so much fun. This year they're doing Legally Blonde and uh, oh, and it's Junior versions, so it's Legally Blonde Junior and uh, I can't remember the other one. Um, Does Junior just clean it up or something? No, Junior just shortens it. Oh, okay. Um, it's and it's made and it's made for kids and mm-hmm. uh, kids to perform. And then um, and then after that, White Christmas, which I can't believe we're already holding auditions in a month. And I'm like, are you serious? It just became summer. Yeah. Like, how long does uh, 1776 run for then? Uh, for four weeks. But okay. uh, I mean, I'm pretty much done once the show starts. Yeah. So. I'm just saying, like. I feel like you should have another show between now and White Christmas, but um, I mean, I ki- I kind of do. Like, oh, you, know, you don't. The theater does. You don't. Yes, the theater does. Okay. I don't. Yeah. That's that's where I was getting confused. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, fantastic, awesome. And then also from the great state of Zion, we have insert clever response here. Todd Pilkington. Hi, I'm Todd. You can find me on such podcasts as Funny Books and Firewater. <laughs> It sounds fancy. It, it is does fancy. Sound fancy. And there are thirteen episodes. That's in. right. And we um it's where I talk a lot less than the three other guys. So That's true. Which is unlike his home life. I know. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I must I must say, uh, Todd, again, thank you. Uh, the last time we recorded it was at your lovely house. Again, let me your your fantastic wife and uh, again, thank you very much for having us over there and letting us bogart your evening. Anytime. So, I we really enjoyed it as well. Um, I'm up for that at any time, so yeah, that's what's yeah. up with me. Well, yeah, hopefully in the future we'll I'll get out there and I will bring more microphones because I'm sorry, dear listeners, but I know the last two episodes the audio quality kind of sucked. You sounded fantastic. The rest of us sounded like we were in, hanging out in the shower together, which we might have been. Okay. You never know. That's because I always sound fantastic. And I'm always in the shower. <laughs> I'm in the shower right now. It's because you're a dirty, dirty girl. I'm washing my titties. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of washing titties, Wonder Woman. Well, wait, I have to remind her too. So I was like, I was like, so I was like, speaking of washing titties, and I was like, how does that? Look? I'm like, uh, oh, okay. Uh, we have our lovely, wonderful host, uh, the ever regal and splendorious uh, Brian. Splendorious, hell's yeah! I was watching uh, Wizard of Oz last night. Blame that. Splendorious. Uh, I have, well, I'll see. So I have stuff going on, but I'm trying to see when the show is going to air. 
because we record these in advance because I hate to tell you this, folks, we sort of have lives. Although it doesn't sound like it, we do. Uh, and so that means that this episode will have come out on uh, the 11th of July, which means I hope you had a great 4th of July week last week. Um, and also there are still shows running at uh, the Old Lyric Rep in Logan, Utah. Uh, you can They run through uh, like the first weekend in August. So go up there and enjoy uh, some musical theater or some comedies. Uh, so they have Can't Take It With You, which is an uh, old classic. They have Singing in the Rain, which I wasn't originally supposed to design and then somehow ended up doing it because uh, that's how things work. And then uh, they have Baskerville, which uh, is probably the most uh, complicated of the shows that I designed up there. Um, and they have... Arson Golden Lace, which is an awesome, funny show, um, and uh, one of my very good friends, actually a good friend for, of both me and Q, who we went to school with, um, like three weeks ago when we graduated, um, our friend Richie Call plays Teddy Roosevelt in that uh, play. Um, but yeah, so uh, go check those shows out, support live theater, go see Q shows, um, go stalk Adam, um, go have Todd make something for you. Um, but yeah, so this week we are talking about Wonder Woman, the Hikatea. Um, which, we'll be honest with you, is a little difficult to come by. And frankly, I had to spend a little more money on it than I wanted to You're because Todd bought the only cheap copy on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> and then he let me borrow it. And then he let me borrow it. And Todd are, uh, and Q already had it. So we're going to do things a little differently. This is our game plan, kids. So join in with me now. Here is what we're going to do. We're going to give you a little preview. We're going to kind of uh, wet your whistle, give you an idea what the story is about, let you know if you kind of want to read it, if you want to invest money in it. You know, that kind of thing. Because unfortunately, I can't find it on uh, online, at least not on Comixology, so not in a way you can buy it for free. Um, so we'll wet your whistle, and then we're going to, you know, hang out for a second. You can pause the podcast. We'll wait. It's fine. It's the magic of modern technology. And then you can get back to us. And what we're going to do is we will go through the story and uh, kind of uh, discuss it and bring on our drinks and do our uh, semi-normal show, but in a slightly more logical manner. And we will let you know how this story unfolds so that uh, even if you don't have the opportunity to read it, you can kind of get the gist of it. However, um, Q, is it being too much to uh, throw this on you since this is partially your recommendation? Do you want to give a little... Uh, preview as to what the Hikatea is about? Sure, I can do that. Oh, um, thank you. So, the Hikatea, um, it's a Wonder Woman story, and um, basically, there is a character named Danielle who um, has done has done some pretty questionable things, is on the run from Batman, and she, uh, but she comes to Wonder Woman, uh, who at this t- point in her history, which Lord knows DC continuity who knows what, whatever. But at this point, um, she lived in, um, she was sort of a diplomat for Themyscira, and there was a, a place, I, I'm assuming it's still in Gotham, I don't think it really says. Um, but anyway, so she, she's living in an embassy uh, of Themyscira, and uh, Danielle performs the Hecatea, which uh, makes her become a supplicant or a sort of a servant. And it's an ancient uh, Greek sort of, uh, I guess, agreement, and um, which is protected by the Furies. And um, so when Batman then comes looking for this girl, Wonder Woman's like, uh, no, sorry. Like, this is kind of a, a thing that we do. And... Um, yeah, I mean, without without spoiling anything, that, that that's kind of it. So it kind of puts Batman and Wonder Woman in head-to-head conflict over the fate of this girl named Danielle. And it is it's a fun book, actually. I uh, 
I, I mean, I was a little bit uh, going, shit, am I really going to pay like 90 bucks to get this book? And I was a little bit bummed out about it. But it was it was fun. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. So without spoiling too much of it, I mean, it is a great book. We do recommend reading it. So here's your opportunity. If you want to read this book, go ahead and pause us right now. We'll wait. It's fine. Come back to us. It'll be great. Let's take shots first. We'll take shots. Oh, I've got shots, shots, shots. <laughs> so we'll do shots. You can join us if you want at home. And then... Uh, Come on back, and uh, we'll start delving into this book. So uh, if you're going to pause us, we'll see you in a little while after you read it. And if you're going to keep plowing through, uh, I'm hoping you've already read it. And uh, if you haven't already, but just don't plan on uh, reading it and just want our little uh, interesting take on it, well, good on you as well, but we do recommend uh, you taking shots. So uh, we'll be back with you soon. Welcome to Intermission. Shots. Shots. Yeah. Shots. Insert shots here. Shots. Sorry, I was taking my shot. <laughs> Intermission. This also reminds me, do you guys remember those old film strips that we watched in elementary school? It was like, at the tone, please turn the slide. Oh, I should sample <laughs> those. <laughs> so it's like, turn us back on after you've read. <laughs> cool. You guys ready to jump back in? Yep. yep. And go. Okay. And, and we're back. And scene. And shots completed. Book reading completed. Moving on with our lives. So, for those of you who read it, aren't you glad we recommended that to you? For those of you who didn't read it, fuck yeah. Go read it. Yeah, go read it. Um, and as Adam was saying, probably worth the uh, the eighty bucks that we had to spend. Oh to yeah, like you know, book. like I mentioned earlier, Todd was very nice and generous enough to loan me his copy, which I have <laughs> kept in pristine condition. Um, but yeah, I I am willing to go drop a hundred bucks on this book, and it's a it's a small book. It's probably it is. Yeah. I mean, pages. I have I got the soft cover for twenty five on Amazon. Ooh, really? It's like I only found the hard cover. Uh, and and the and the back cover price is uh, seventeen ninety five in the U S. But yeah, that's that's how much I enjoyed this. But I think that's kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's, yeah, let's do a bit of a, a plot right um, But yeah, so so I love the fact that the story opens. Uh, well, first of all, it's very it's a very somber thing with with the Wonder Woman. But um, to like get into the story, there it's like two pages of Wonder Woman being sad but I love I love that it first it first explains what the Hikatea if mm-hmm, that word um, what it actually is and it and not even really with a whole lot of um, words and um, it also introduces us to the Furies who are a very silent but ominous uh, I guess you could call them the antagonist or villain of the piece, um, mm-hmm. and uh, that this is an honor-bound agreement that, if broken, they literally come and tear you to pieces, which is awesome. Yes, which which the the uh, the Furies have hair that looks very much like snakes, so they have a sort of a very Medusa kind of quality. Yeah, the organ and um, yeah. which actually leads me into my cocktail, which is called the Medusa. Um, and it is uh, two ounces of Southern Comfort, uh, two ounces of white rum, two ounces of blue caracao, uh, two ounces of peach snop, two ounces of lime juice. Um, they top it off with lemonade and uh, a lime rind and uh, and one part grenadine. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I'll post this on our website. 
But uh, yeah, it's a Medusa-themed cocktail, and it looked pretty fun. I'll be honest with you, I looked for uh, also Greek god cocktails, and it kept having like really dumb Greek versions of other things, which just meant that it put some weird <laughs> alcohol on it. Being naked for some reason, it was really weird. Yeah, it was weird, yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know what? Look, I, I have no idea you had that tattoo place there, Adam, but you know, it, it works for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... so um, is I, I I don't I, I just thought it was really cool because also once again like that, um, which is another kind of theme through through the book. There's kind of not a lot of dialogue, which is no, which is not. interesting. Um, so so like lots of like quiet moments. There is there's a lot of quiet moments. There's a lot of I mean there's I mean what eight, on page eight and nine there is no dialogue. There's no words. There's no nothing. It's an entire page that is just told through visual images. Like you just know what's happening. It's basically it's showing the Furies uh, basically rip, like killing a guy who did not honor the the Hikatea, um, is basically what it is. Um, so I mean, there are large sections of um, you know no words, and uh, I mean it's actually I mean, but it's it's beautifully drawn. Like it's absolutely Amazing. a gorgeous book by J.G. Jones. By J.G. Jones, which yes. And, it is a gorgeous book. But I think the really cool thing about that is, is it shows the importance of being able to tell an amazing story with just images and pictures. And, you know, again, my, my coming from the, uh, the film background I have, is the first thing that pops into my mind is the first few minutes of the Pixar movie Up, where yeah. it tells the most beautiful, wonderful, and at the same time tragic love story I've probably seen in any movie Mm-hmm. With no dialogue whatsoever, just showing pictures and showing, you know, things unfolding, and that's what was so cool about this was that you, you really it sets the stage. You understand how, first of all, how important the Hikate is. I'm trying yeah. to say it wrong the whole time, so fuck me. You're but, close, actually. That, that's, I think that's right. <laughs> I think you just said it right, actually. Yeah. But I mean, even then, when it, it flips forward, you mentioned eight and nine. Go to the next page. I think there's one line of dialogue, and it yeah. sets the story up beautifully for how Danielle. Why she has to go find and get in league with Wonder Woman and ask her to help her and do the Hikatea with her. Uh, so again, it's I'm a dialogue guy. That's that's my whole thing. But th- this oh, I, I can't. This book, I just I love it. I love it so much. So okay. one, one of the things that I, I read about the book as I was sort of gearing up for this tonight was um, so Greg Rucka um, wrote this graphic novel um, before he then took over the Wonder Woman regular series and he was talking about how this book, he, he was so concerned because uh, Greg, uh, Wonder Woman was one of his favorite characters of getting into her head too soon, so he wanted to sort of more portray her as some um, as other people perceive Wonder Woman rather than uh, an actual Wonder Woman story, so that's why he did, like, sort of uh, this through, like, kind of Danielle, not really Wonder Woman. Um, but, yeah, so... so I was gonna say so, 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 so that's why Wonder Woman is sort of like uh, the, um, like the like the person that you're looking at versus like the person mm-hmm. who's like a- actively in the story. Uh, so to backtrack a little bit because we kind of plowed forward. So basically, starting out the story, you start out with a, a flashback of um, Wonder Woman at the end of the story, um, and you have the Furies out uh, outside of her um, window, and she's looking at him, and then it flashes back to ancient Greece and tells you. The, basically the rules of the Hikatea, which is basically a someone comes to someone for protection, basically becomes their servant, but that person is, is they can treat them however they want, but they have to feed them, they have to take care of them, and if they deny them protection and that kind of stuff, then the Furies will seek revenge for the mm-hmm. supplicant, basically. So that, 
That brings up my cocktail called, oh, called the supplicant. Um, something that me and my friend Ben made up. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of a twist on a Long Island iced tea. So it's one ounce of vodka, one ounce of tequila, one ounce of gin, one ounce of white rum, a half ounce of sour mix, two ounces of passion fruit juice, which harkens back to my Amazon shot that we did um, last week for Kingdom Come, and a splash of Sprite. And uh, you just, you know, mix all that up dump it into a glass, and then you garnish with an orange flag, which just is a fancy way to say the orange with the cherry on top. We came up with this cocktail thinking that a supplicant uh, is going to be down on their knees, so why not have a cocktail that is going to put you on your knees? Um, which will be the tagline, I'm sure, on the website. Yeah. Cocktail will put you um, on your knees. But yeah, so but also it's not the 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 supplicant. You are supposed. It's not you get to kind of treat them how however you want. It is you are supposed to show them. It's not just hospitality. You are supposed to show them respect. You are supposed to um, you know feed them, clothe oh, them, tr- okay. you know tr- treat them as. It's kind of like you treat them as you would want to then be treated. And the the, um, the sort of e- example <laughs> that they give. in this ancient Greece kind of flashback obviously this dude is not a good person and then because this is such an honor bound important thing once again the Furies come in and then enact their their revenge of breaking the the rules yes I I misread that one I first read it because I'd read this late at night after tech rehearsals but yes you are correct so yeah so you can't you you can't be a dick basically so you have to follow the Will Whedon rules of life Um, so then we flash forward to after we've learned uh, the rules of the Hecatea. Um, we flash forward to Gotham City three weeks ago. Um, so yes. we're back in the normal story. And we see, uh, is her name Danielle? Am I right on that? Yes. Okay, we haven't learned her name yet, but we see Danielle basically fighting with the guy who says, now you're going to die. And then she basically kicks his ass and kills him. Um, at which point in time, she escapes out a uh, fire uh, escape and then takes her motorcycle and she heads off. And of course, as she's heading off, Batman, because she's in Gotham City, comes to stop her and tells her he's he's given her her last mo- uh, murder and now she's on the run trying to get away from Batman. So as as Daniel's standing over the dead body, she's all like, oh, I'm done, Melody, and you're just kind of like, why? Did oh, that's she, right. That, that does come did, in later, did, yes. Yeah, so. did, did she do that and who's Melody and, and all of that stuff. Um... Which is fantastic foreshadowing, by the way. Yes. I was going to say something. So, oh, that's what I wanted to say. I want to say the cover of this book, which has become kind of an iconic picture, is uh, Batman laying on the ground with uh, with Wonder Woman's boot. It's not even Wonder Woman. It's just Wonder Woman's boot standing on his head. And also by Alex Ross, who did Kingdom Come last week as well. Or two weeks ago. Last week. When we did Kingdom Come, that's Alec Ross did the uh, art for the cover, which is amazing. And, and Brian, I will be very, very ashamed if we do not right now, <laughs> at this point in time, have as background music, these boots are made by, for walking. Oh. And I don't care if that spoils the song you're going to play, but I, this definitely, it's not, it's not just daughter, it needs to be here. <laughs> I, I'm not as specific as Andy when I pick the music, actually. I kind of go for like an overall theme and a vibe. I don't necessarily go for like songs per song. Okay. Maybe I just, I'll have to fit the, it in there somewhere. The I, moment I saw the cover, it's like when we were looking it up a couple weeks ago, and I was like, huh. Yes, and not actually, that was the first thing that popped in my mind. <laughs> actually, the cover is just painted by J.G. Jones. It's is not it really? Alex Ross, yes. When I looked it up online, I thought I said it was Alex um, Ross. So you can see J.G.'s um, oh, no, initials right. next you're to right. Batman's head, you're and right. then when you, you actually open the title page, 
like we learned in elementary school <laughs> and read and read everything. Are you telling me that the internet lied to me? Are you telling me that the Oh, shit. Wait, you're saying the internet isn't full of truth? Oh, fuck off. Oh, no. Everything I believe in is gone. Yes. You silly, silly bastard. I know. Okay, so, yeah, so, 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 so Batman shows up. She escapes, which I'm like, Batman, really? <laughs> Actually, I, I I do like Batman in the story, to be honest with yeah. you. And I, but, but 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 I'm just like, really, she got away. But I mean, she which, jumps off a bridge, so there you go. Well, it's like, does she jump off a bridge or does Batman throw her off the bridge? Because I think Batman throws her off the bridge, or or he's trying to hold onto her and she falls out of his leather jacket, and he just kind of leaves her there. Like for a Batman who doesn't kill, he's like, he's okay, the water, and he's like, but, well, shit, that yeah. sucks. You know what I mean? Like it's a little little awkward. Yeah, I you know. But anyway. Cool fight scene, cool chase scene, and uh, once again, not a ton of dialogue, but like some really cool shit. Actually, <laughs> I think maybe maybe Batman's like, uh, that river's really polluted. Fuck that. I ain't going down there. Do you know what kind of shit and scabies are down in that? I ain't going in there. Scabies. Scabies. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, after uh, she's in the water, then we find, uh, we, we go ahead and we see uh, Wonder Woman landing uh, into a crowd of people trying to get autographs and whatnot, going into the house, which is the embassy of. You let me know the name of this embassy. Themyscira. Themyscira. I'm assuming that's her home country, since I'm that's not a one Paradise Island, yes. It's where, Paradise Island? You mean where the, the, plane, the plane guy is? Oh my god, Brian. Don't be stupid. It's where the Amazons come from. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Can, oh, P.S. Can I just insert a quick tangent right here? Go for it. So, a few years ago, I was at a party, and I, you know, Wonder Woman's my homegirl. You're at a party? <laughs> Shut up, Adam. <laughs> he has um, a better social life than most of us. And, and well, it was a cast party for a show that we did, and I have a lot of Wonder Woman accoutrement. I have a, I have a purse. I have a water bottle. I have, you know, she, I have, she's a key ring, you know, all of this stuff. And um, this guy totally tried to like fake nerd girl me, and he was just like, "Oh, so you're a Wonder Woman fan, huh?" And I was like. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, so um, what was that actress's name? And I was like, do you mean Linda Carter? He was like, yeah, and, uh, you know, what's 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 that place that, that Wonder Woman's from? And I said, uh, well, some people call it Paradise Island. He went, oh, oh, but what's the real name? I said, Themyscira, you fucker. Like, don't try to come for me. <laughs> and, and, then, and then, of course, I completely tore him down for filth with all kinds of Wonder Woman trivia and facts. And I was just like, yeah, and don't ever try to come for me again. Boop. And just, oh, he he actually never spoke to me again. Hey, so really, really fast, can we all just agree on the fact that the whole, and it, unfortunately this, this seems to happen to women more than, than men, uh, but the whole like, oh, you're a fake geek thing if you don't know every single minutia of trivia about something, like, here's the thing, if I go, if I see a person walking down the street and they're wearing a Captain America shirt, and we just strive a conversation, and they're like, oh, you know what, honestly, I haven't only really read the comics, but I just love the Captain America movies. He's my favorite character in the Avengers and Civil War. They're just as big of a geek as you. They just have a different way of showing it. Can we just stop with the whole geek shaming thing? It's really pissing me off. 
Well, and it's like, you like cool shit, you like cool shit, and like, who really cares? I mean, I don't know, my... The thing is, like, I realized a while ago, because I couldn't figure out where my geek thing came from when I started kind of becoming more, you know, reading a lot more comics and, you know, and like, I've always mm-hmm. kind of been a movie nerd and that kind of stuff. And then I went back and looked at it, and my mom is a total geek without being a geek. And if I tell her that she's a geek, she doesn't want to, like, she still thinks that's a bad connotation, but, like, my mom loved the Highlander TV show. Like, she watched every fucking episode of the Highlander TV show. Um, she even she, watched that, the Raven offshoot. That thing was Oh, yeah, awful. she watched all the Buffy the Vampire Slayer stuff. She, like, she watched stuff that now is... It's considered traditionally like very geek stuff, but that was just what she was into. She's like a voracious reader, and I'm like, okay, that's where I get my geek tendencies from. It's totally from my mom. You know what I mean? But like, I hate the the, the think of the fact that like there's somebody out there who you know is getting geek shamed, and like she could be you know this isn't a cool geek shit. Like I actually have to say, um, as far as geek girl goes, um, my mother in law gave me a hundred bucks as a birthday present just to go expand my comic book collection. So I went into my local comic shop and this girl there was awesome. And I just said, hey, look, I have a hundred bucks. I kind of want to read stuff I wouldn't typically read. And you know, this comic shop knew me better than I expected to. Cause I, I go there frequently, but I didn't, you know how you don't necessarily think the people who work there notice what you actually buy. She totally knew what I wanted. She recommended some really cool shit. And I am very much appreciated to him. And she works at uh, uh, Comics Unlimited in Huntington Beach. Uh, and so go in there, say hi. The girls there are awesome. So yeah, yeah, no geek shaming because it fucking sucks. Yeah, it, I, he was totally trying to, because, you know, I'm obviously a giant flaming homosexual. And so he what? guessed he. <laughs> so I guess he thought that, that because, you know, I do the drags and, you know, I spin and twirl and sweat glitter, that I wouldn't know about, like, comic book things. And I was just like, whatever. Because it, it, happen, it happens to me a lot, like, when I used to do a lot of comic forums, and there people just like, you know, list your top five movies. And I'm like, okay, well, Clueless, Mean Girl. And then I'm like, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and Aliens. And people are like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, I like it. First of all, Aliens is a Christmas tradition in this house. Um, Fantastic. But, uh, and, I'm anyway. guessing your mom started that. I have to feel like. No, actually, Dad did because he wanted to scare us enough as, the, as children to make sure we didn't sneak downstairs That's to, uh, to spoil Christmas. That's um, a good theory, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it didn't work. But yeah, no. um, now I love that movie, so... Oh, and see, Eddie's parents put the demon fear in him when he was little. His mom rented him The Exorcist when he was 10. Oh, dude, Jesus. <laughs> oh, shit. To this day, he still like, he still has the demon fear, so... Oh, yeah. Okay, so on the demon fear, and for all those listeners in Utah, they'll appreciate this. So uh, when me and my wife were first dating, we went and saw... Um, Book of Mormon, the musical. It was on. It was the first national tour. We went and saw it up at Pantages in LA. And of course, the the spooky Mormon hell dream scene comes on, and she looks at me. She goes, "Is that a thing?" And I'm like, "Oh fuck yeah, that's a thing." Like, I was like, "I have totally had those crazy dreams that I'm going to hell for doing something completely inane." Like it. Anyway. Actually, I was just told I was going to go to hell for sucking a dick. So that was that was my thing. So. <laughs> eh, my wife was showing her porn shoulders today. Porn shoulders. so good. Oh, like she was wearing a tank yeah, top in yeah, Utah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I do remember when I was in Utah, I had a girlfriend who wore like a, a tank top around my parents, and I remember thinking that, that was some, completely scandalous. And I told my wife that when the first time she met my parents, she was so overly concerned, and she still is to this day. Every time I go to Utah, she's so concerned about her wardrobe that she's going to insult somebody. <laughs> it's actually very funny. And I feel, I do feel kind of bad though, because I feel like I put too much fear into her about all that shit. Anyway, this is Mormon Talk. Um, thanks for joining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Welcome to Recovering Mormons. Yes. So, Higatea. Yeah. So, my drink's the Wonder Woman, so this is a good spot. Okay, fantastic. So, Wonder Woman has been introduced. So, Todd, please tell us about your drink. So, this Wonder Woman, I, found, I didn't come up with this. I found the Wonder Woman online. This one takes some effort to do right. I had to mix it three times. Well, make it three times before I got it done right. Oh, poor baby. I know. So, I was feeling it earlier today, let me tell you. They, um, you start with a hurricane glass or a pilsner is what I had, and you fill it with ice. And then you carefully put in two ounces of Midori. It's a melon liqueur. And then you grab a spoon and you hold it over the top and slowly pour in two ounces of peach schnapps on top of that. And then you do the same amount again with orange juice, pineapple juice, and cranberry juice. Now, if you do it right, you'll have multiple layers of colors with hard lines on it. And it looks really cool. And if you do it wrong like I did, it has the um, alcohol at the bottom and this floating blob on the top of greenish shit. But Oops, then you have to drink it. Then you have to drink it and try it again, and it tastes like liquid Jolly Ranchers. Tasty. It is really, well, it was really tasty, overly sweet, and it was went straight to my head. But yeah, Wonder Woman, that thing was awesome, but I can't do it again for a while. Well, this Wonder Woman we're talking about can actually probably hold her liquor. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway... Continuing on the story, we are now at uh, the uh, uh, fuck the embassy of you. The mascara. The mascara, which sounds like the mascara, which is what I'm probably gonna remember it as. <laughs> so we're at the, we're we're at the, the the embassy of the mascara, and uh, Wonder Woman answers the door, and lo and behold, the girl who uh, had just been seen in this chase scene with Batman is there, uh, trying to uh, basically stay, say the words to the Hecatea she is trying to supplicate herself to Wonder Woman so that Wonder Woman has to protect her. And it actually takes her quite a while to get it out because she's I, I can't tell if she's like par- terrified, if she's frozen if she's acting this way because she knows she's about to be fucked. And then of course as soon as Wonder Woman says okay you're in and brings her into the house we see the Furies um, hanging out outside and uh, and Wonder Woman takes her in and starts uh, you know basically starts taking care of her a little bit. And you know what, this actually brings me to my drink, because I think the reason why she had so much trouble trying to do the Hecatea was because she didn't know how the fuck to say it. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I I was racking my brain, and so I came up with this drink, and I'm calling it the Hickey. Because when I first saw Hecatea, I thought maybe that's how you say it. Hecatea, I don't know. Um, so, but this one, actually it's called the Hickey for couple reasons. One, uh, it's, you know, the hickey tea is hard to say. And two, I promise you, if you make this drink and you spill some on your skin, it will look like you got a hickey wherever you spill it. So please be very careful. Uh, it actually uses uh, two ounces of uh, UV, the brand UV cherry vodka, and then four to six ounces of cactus cooler, depending how strong you want it. Uh, and then a dash or two of orange bitters. You pour that over ice and it is amazing. It tastes like happy. But like I warned you, if you spill it, it's gonna go ahead and you know mark you with a hickey. And two, this you can't taste that this has alcohol. I mean, it's like you could literally make a gallon of like in a pitcher, put it in your fridge, and if your friend came in and they just run a marathon and wanted something to drink, they would down the whole thing. And you're like, oh, you're kind of fucked. So it, you're an evil delicious. friend, Adam. I know, I, I try. Um, but you know, again, it, it will fuck you up fast. So. Just like the Hegatea, you may find yourself so drunk that you may start making promises that you'll have trouble keeping. So be careful of it. And for the love of Krom, 
do not shoot the UV cherry vodka. It tastes exactly like cough syrup. It has to be mixed. So please be responsible and then get drunk. So. Be responsible as you're fucking up your liver. Thank you very much. Exactly. This message brought to you by Adam. <laughs> hey, kids! <laughs> I never said I wanted to be a fucking role model. Uh, <laughs> so, so um, my favorite parts of the story actually deal with Wonder Woman's interaction with the Furies. Because, which we're at right now, so yeah, perfect timing. Because, um, uh, you know, it happens uh, multiple times. But you can tell that, um, that Wonder Woman... Because the Hikatea is like you know this this big honor bound thing, even she's kind of afraid of it. Like you get the feeling that Wonder Woman's kind of like, Ugh, do I really want to accept this girl? Like what's going on? Because the Furies are already here. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, even Wonder Woman kind of stumbles over her own words as she's welcoming Danielle into her house because she's she sees the Furies and she's like, oh shit, this is like like shit can get real. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I have to perform my duties as I'm expected to. You know, she immediately brings her into the hearth and gets her food. And Wonder Woman is also playing playing it smart where she's not asking Danielle why it is that she's come here, what her story is. She is kind of making sure that she feels comforted and safe and, you know, all, all of that stuff. And then Wonder Woman asks about um, the Furies, which I'm once again going to fucking mispronounce this. I think it's Irene's. Um, which is the Greek word for Furies, and um, Danielle can't see them, and Wonder Woman's like, oh, never mind, let's uh, move on to something else. <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and, because once again, I think Wonder Woman's more, because obviously if she's been alive for forever, um, she she under- and she's got great skin for being alive for forever. Yeah. Well, she's made of clay. Oh, that's a good point. But uh, it, when you can tell that she she knows that this is gonna be serious, and um, you know, Wonder was trying to trying to play it cool, and then she's like, "All right, obviously we'll uh, figure this out later." But let me then go talk to. Uh, these bitches outside my house <laughs> and then see and see what's going on. Um, and Wonder Woman at first when she then confronts the, the Furies again, she's she thinks that the fates are after her. Um, after Danielle. When really they're just doing the the honor bound thing and she's telling them to leave and they're just like, uh no bitch, remember we can fuck you up too. Um, which is which is kind of awesome, and I also love that they call her Princess Once Goddess because if I remember correctly, um, at this time Wonder Woman uh, she had died, and the gods of Olympus made her the goddess of truth, and then hashtag comic books uh, she lost those powers and is then just back to being a Wonder Woman again. Um, gotcha. Which I, I I just like the fact that you know they kind of just threw that in, so you kind of can tell in continuity where the story kind of falls. Um, but uh, but yeah, and, and she and she's all like ready to fight, and the fates are just like, uh, no, it's not time to fight. And there's like the one who's like really trying to egg uh, Wonder Woman on to get her to fight, and the the one who's obviously like kind of their leader is like, uh, no, we we're not here to fight. We're just here to make sure that Wonder Woman does what she's supposed to do. Yeah, well, we will, will fuck your shit up. Exactly. And, and, and once again, like the blood-stained faces. Uh, oh, so creepy! They, so they awesome. bite so people good. and eat them to pieces. Um, is kind yeah, of it's awesome. It's a creepy combination of like a Japanese horror character and like uh, Medusa and like they're 
fucking awesome. And the snakes either hair come out and try to attack, um, attack her and all sorts of stuff. So mm-hmm. it is fantastic. Okay, cool. So, so, uh, so okay, backtracking a little bit. So Danielle is now with uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman has gone out to talk to the Furies, um, and uh, Danielle. We then just see Danielle in the um, window, kind of going, "Oh shit, I done, you know, done something serious." Flash the next morning, Wonder Woman shows up. Uh, basically, does a a a, a, a oh, what's the movie I'm trying to think of? A Pretty Woman, and gives her a whole new outfit, and basically gives her a job as Wonder Woman's assistant, working for her um, in the embassy, um, where I, if I remember correctly, Danielle kind of was expecting. To learn how to kick some ass, but uh, but her her gig is more to uh, to basically be um, you know going around um, you know working with Wonder Woman and setting up appointments and stuff like that. And you see as they go around through the daily lives, the Furies are not far behind and are kind of stalking them at every move, which then leads us, of course, to the arrival of Batman, who shows up at Wonder Woman's w- window looking uh, for the uh, for Danielle. And aware that Danielle has been harboring uh, harboring a fugitive, as he so um, says. So this is once again obviously when I first heard of this book, um, everyone's always like, "Oh, it's the greatest Wonder Woman Batman fight." To me, it, even though it's important to the story, it's really not the Batman Wonder Woman fight because once again, Wonder Woman knows what's going on. Like she knows that if she messes up, mm-hmm. the fates come in and everybody's done. Mm-hmm. So she just so she just kind of without outright saying, "Hey, Batman, you know, there's these crazy uh, goddesses who will literally tear us to pieces if if this gets messed up." She's just trying to say, "No, this doesn't concern you," which is one of my favorite catchphrases. <laughs> just this doesn't concern you. Um, I got this. You know, thank you for coming, but um, you know, you know, I, you know I, I, I'm doing. And you can even kind of see. Um, Wonder Woman, she... Uh, I'm trying to... Yeah, so... Um, even though you don't see them until later in the fight when Wonder Woman actually does punch Batman, mm-hmm. she knows that the fates are there and that the fates are watching. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, she... She's like, uh, no, please, just please don't. Please don't yeah. do that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yes. It, it, and the thing is, it's not even really a fight. It's one punch. Yeah, oh, no, she... He kicks his ass and throws him right out the window. Yeah. That's like pretty much it. Yeah, and, and the thing, one thing, it's not really a fight because Batman's just like, okay, I'm not fighting you. Like, you, like, obviously he he knows that he has something to lose, which is like a knee. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. So I mean, it's just the one punch, and then he's like, okay, let me go figure out what the hell this is about, and. Um, and then that's when Wonder Woman confronts Danielle. Yes, confronts Danielle as to whether or not Danielle tricked um, Wonder Woman into basically taking in the Hikatea because she wants to know um, whether or not Danielle is just trying to, you know, basically get out of what was happened. And Danielle, of course, to prove that she's not lying, wraps the lasso of truth, which is a very kinky device, if you ask me, um, around her arm to uh, basically tell her the tale. Basically, what ended up happening is is that her sister Melody. Um, basically got addicted to drugs and then was killed by her dealer and oh no uh, her dealer asked put her into porn um, and then uh, and then eventually ended up killing her so Danielle was taking this opportunity now to basically seek out revenge for her sister and kill anyone involved in her sister's downfall 
Uh, does that seem a fair, a, a fair enough uh, summary of that? Not really. No? So really what happens, she, it's like that kind of classic tale of, you know, girl shows up to audition. Hey, honey, why don't you put on this this outfit and we'll, we'll just take pictures. And then it goes the from taking... Life. So then it goes from taking pictures into we're going to slip you a Mickey and then you're passed out and a dude's going to have sex with you and we're going to film it. And then because you're all in a shame spiral, now we're going to get you hooked on heroin and um, yeah. So, so really, yeah. none of this was Melody's choice. And no, it wasn't. Yeah, it, and, it then, wasn't. and then she's the, and then, and then she's the one who ends up dead. Well, and they made the point that, yeah, that she, you know, Melody died of an overdose, and Danielle even says that even though the men she went and killed weren't the ones who actually put the needle in her vein, they're just as responsible because they started this whole process. Again, this was this was the part of the book that I mean, obviously from the beginning we could tell that there's a reason why. Danielle was killing this person, and there's a reason why she would go and offer herself up to Diana for the Hecatea. Because uh, if, if she was some cold-blooded killer, she wouldn't have done... I mean, she, she might have tried it, but I think Wonder Woman would have been smart enough to kind of get, get what's going on. Uh, and the fact that of all the all the members of the Justice League, well, the only person she felt she could go to was another woman because she would fully understand what was going on and what had happened... Uh, because she could understand it from a female viewpoint, like that, like that couple pages, it fucked me over. Like I knew something yeah. was happening, but I didn't know what the extent was, and that just that crushed my heart. I mean, like I felt like I I don't cry stuff. I don't you know very rarely like I didn't cry at this, but that that got me going for a bit. That was a really emotional couple pages, and I think that was the one time of the book I really did kind of stop for a minute and just kind of put it down. And kind of digest what had happened because that was that was horrifying. So so also, it's never explicitly stated that she dies of a drug overdose. What I got from it is that obviously, so she was sold to this other pimp. Then the pimp sent over this guy who you never see his face. She ended up dead, and the cop found a needle underneath the bed. Now mm-hmm. whether she actually used that needle or it was just a needle left over from you know trick number seventy five you know, six months ago um, is never kind of explained, but I, I assumed that she was murdered by you know, one of these other Johns, and that the police just came in once again, and it says here, she was just, she, you're just another junkie whore, that yeah. they never really even investigated who she was, why she died any of that, they came in, saw that she was a prostitute and that there were drug paraphernalia there, and just case closed I, I just got it from when Danielle was saying, uh, and no, they didn't put the needle in her arm the last time, but they did the first. Okay. So that, that maybe, and again, that's, I think both interpretations could be correct because maybe the guy, you know, gave her, let her do a shot and then beat her until she died. I mean, who knows? But it was still just an incredibly tragic, you know, turn of events for someone who went to the city as an innocent trying to become an actress. So. Oh, it just got real deep. It got real, real deep. Too deep. Now that Danielle has told Wonder Woman that, you know, why she did this and all this sort of stuff, um, you know, Danielle goes to bed, Wonder Woman says, okay, get some sleep, you've had a big day, blah, 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 um, and we'll talk in the morning. And so then Wonder Woman, of course, is woken up in her sleep because uh, of, by the, uh, the Furies because Danielle has run away. Um, and at which point in time it is... Uh, is now, Q, you can clear me in on this. It then becomes Wonder Woman's responsibility to 
rescue and protect Danielle because she's her suppl- supplicant. Otherwise, the Furies are going to go yes. after her. So, so once again, once again, there's like the one Fury who's like, oh, hey, oh no, like you might end up dead too. And then the other one's like, no, no, no you need to go get her because this is your job to go protect her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like she, because if anything happens to her, then obviously Wonder Woman did not do her job. But I do like the, the one thing where when Wonder Woman's out there looking for Danielle, trying to find out where she is, and she's kind of doubting what's going on, because like they, they kind of give a hint of where, they said, you know, the tubes and waters where Danielle is, and she's like, you know, are, the, are they lying? She's like, no, they mislead, but they do not fabricate. Uh, those are the rules. And the rules are the only thing left. So even though they are the antagonists, they are the villains, who are the ones, you know, and well, yeah, eventually who caused the whole situation mm-hmm. to begin with almost, um, they still have to follow the same rules of Hegetia that she does. Yeah. And maybe I maybe I read that wrong, but that was, like, yeah, I'll, I'll bow to Q because... Yeah, oh, no, no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so Wonder Woman is now chasing after uh, Danielle to try to go rescue her. Danielle is off hitchhiking, and of course, lo and behold, who shows up but our good, friendly neighborhood Batman. Um... To which, of course, now Batman is after uh, Danielle. Wonder Woman's trying to find, Dan- find Danielle. So it's now up to Wonder Woman to protect Danielle, and Danielle is trying to kind of, you know, relieve Wonder Woman of her duty. So now we have a, an epic fight, and uh, more of a fight than we had last time, between uh, Batman and Wonder Woman as they all meet. And the uh, Furies are right uh, on hand, just in case Wonder Woman fails to, uh, to beat Batman. Um, you know, they have to, uh, they have to be able to, uh, you know, seek their vengeance against one woman, you know, for the life of Danielle if uh, one woman fails in her hecatalia. Which, once again, the, uh, the, the scene that I, I really like is, you know, Wonder Woman and Batman are fighting. She looks up, she sees the Furies, and she is like, damn it! Like, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? She's like, I don't have a choice. Like, once and once again, you know, when you're kind of in the heat of the moment, you can't really be like, uh, let me explain to you the seven reasons why you shouldn't be doing this right now. Um, <laughs> but instead, she's just like, I don't have a choice. And so he's saying, I don't have a choice either, because obviously I'm Batman. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then that's when the uh, foot goes on the head, and she says, don't get up. Yeah. It's awesome. And then, again, this is, this is one of my favorite parts of the book, is we call Batman the, he's called the world's greatest detective. And he, right then and there, knows what's going on and then offers himself up to her with his own Higatea, which I thought was amazing. Yes, which is also great. And I'm trying to remember, does, does she accept it or she not accept it? I don't think she, she accepts it. Not, she's, she's like, yeah. no, you're, 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 you, this isn't real because once again, yeah. the, the whole thing is that it's a, it's an honor thing. Like you, you are actually supplicating yourself. You're actually giving yourself up to mm-hmm. this other person. And obviously oh, yeah. Batman's just doing it as a means to an end to try to get Wonder Woman to you know agree to him. It was it was pretty much it was pretty much Wonder Woman being like, Mm-mm, "Girl, you ratchet." <laughs> yeah, and then of course Batman literally says, "Well, I had to try." Yeah, like yeah. it's like had to give it a shot. And, and Wonder Woman also says that if she had protected Batman or had accepted da- Batman, she still is, has to re- protect Danielle as well. It's not like she has one at a time. And so suddenly, if you know she has Batman as a supplicant. That uh, Danielle is now, you know, on her own kind of. Which, thing. which once again, the Furies, as Batman and Wonder Woman, are now hashing out with words. Without any words, the Furies see that Danielle has run away, and they're like, "Hey, come on, let's yeah. let's go chase after her." And then they start running yeah. away, and Wonder Woman's like, "Ah, damn it!" <laughs> yeah. So Wonder Woman goes after Danielle. Danielle runs away, 
and unfortunately Danielle takes a big jump off of uh, a wall and does not make it and ends up landing on a rock. Um, Wonder Woman attempts to save her, it doesn't end up happening. Batman attempts to fight off the Furies, kind of works, kind of doesn't work. And at the last, with her last breath, Danielle releases Wonder Woman from her commitment. Meaning that um, then the Furies can't tear her to pieces. Yeah, exactly. So then, of course, we go to the last page where it's a similar to the front page where we now see the Furies outside of Danielle uh, of uh, Diana's window, and they finally walk away. And uh, Diana, Wonder Woman, uh, you know, turns to a corner and breaks down because um, you know she basically failed Danielle, even though she's and Danielle basically ultimately saved her in the end. Uh, and all all is wrapped up in a, a dark little bow, but uh, <laughs> a dark bow. Yes. It's a very dark bow. But yeah, that's basically the. I mean, it's it's a simple story, but it's beautifully drawn, beautifully written. Um, I'll just kind of go with my review right now. Um, I, to be honest with you, I don't know if I had much interest in a Wonder Woman book. And part of the thing I have loved about doing the show is because there are so many different tastes of comic books on the show. Um, I've gotten to read some stuff that wouldn't necessarily normally be in my repertoire. So I would read. I am super fucking thrilled and super thankful to Q for recommending this book because it's fantastic. Yes, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. So, You're welcome, America. <laughs> yeah, because like I'll be honest, I was kind of like, "Fuck a Wonder Woman book," but like I don't know, man. Like it's kind of cool looking because Batman's getting stomped on by Wonder Woman on the cover, but like, like do I want to spend that much money? And I bought it, and I am completely happy that I did. Like this is a fantastic book. Um, it's very simple. It's a quick read, but really worth it. Like it's just. Uh, it's a it's a great fun read, um, and it, I mean it's fun. It's dark. It has some poignant moments to it. Honestly, I really kind of wish this would be the Wonder Woman movie they would make. Like this would be a fucking awesome. Oh Wonder my Woman god, movie. with Ben Affleck as bad. Oh my oh, god, it'd be so be good. It would be fantastic. such a good fucking movie. Like it would be so fantastic. Like I have like literally no complaints about this book. Like normally there's like something where I'm kind of like. Eh, well, that kind of is weak. So that's where, like, it's a fantastic book and to the point where now that I know that uh, Greg Rucka ended up writing the next run of Wonder Woman after that, I kind of want to start picking up some Wonder Woman books and start following up on it because, like, well, I, na- I well, love none it. of it matters because now there's the Rebirth. New 52 and then there's the, uh, the Every Birth Now, so. Well, but that's just for current continuity, though. I mean, like, the thing is, is if, if, if this guy's writing good Wonder Woman books, I want to see what he writes. You know what I mean? Uh, right, that's the thing. Is like no matter what ha- what's happening now, it doesn't change what's come before. And I mean, this is the argument with the whole Ghostbusters thing. Is like, oh, female Ghostbusters, me, 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 me. And we actually got a. Uh, it was really cool on Graham Norton last week. He interviewed uh, the four actresses in Ghostbusters, and uh, I think it was uh, Melissa McCarthy who made the joke. Yeah, yeah just because we made this movie with four female Ghostbusters. It means that all the other Ghostbusters stuff and the movies and the cartoon and your toys, they all got burned in a fire and don't exist anymore. It's like, no, you can still go back and enjoy stuff. And like like Brian said, like I I am not a DC, I'm a Marvel, and I have never, ever read any Wonder Woman. But like you said, I, mean, I, I, I want to jump in and see what Greg Ruck has done because, I mean, this is this makes me want to go spend $100 on a 80-page trade. And that's the that's the highest review I can give it was because when when Q mentioned this I was like eighty bucks fuck you and then yeah. no this this is absolutely fantastic this is uh, this is one of the few books I haven't read I mean most of the books we've talked about I've kind of gone through and this this is just stunning yeah it is it's a it's a fantastic book and for a bunch of cheapskates like us to be like yeah we'll throw down a hundred bucks for this that's saying something. Um, 
Todd, do you want to give us uh, sort of your thoughts and uh, review on it since that seems to be kind of where we're at right now? Sure, I'll start talking at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Once again, Q, thank you. You were right. I'm sure you're used to that most of your life. But, Uh you know, (laughs) thank you again. And you're so humble, too. (laughs) (laughs) Don't need to be humble when you're right. Yes, indeed. Mm. Hey, no, no need to be humble when you're right. Kind of can be a theme for this book while looking at it as well. The um, artwork notch, the writing is top notch, the characters and everything else. I mean, as a shorter story, I mean, it was really geared up as one of those Greek tragedies of damned if you do, damned if you don't. And just watching how it, the only way of success at the end is through death. And your main character sound, but I mean, did Batman really win? No, he didn't bring anyone to justice. She died, and so his mission ended. And she, Wonder Woman got released, and it let her out of a hard spot. And even the Furies were like, well, I guess technically it's all held to as it should be. So it ended, but nobody was happy. A little bit of relief, but there was no happiness involved at the end of the story. So it was a great tragedy ending in that regard of... It resolved itself by death. It was wonderful. And no one was less happy than the middle fury on page 89 who was did not get to tear in So so was it like the other two the the other two were like, alright, you know, vengeance has been met, or you know, whatever it is that Furies do. And the one in the middle is like, man, come on, man. Like you just see in her face, she's pissed. That's the punk rock theory right yes. there. Yeah. Shut the fuck shit up. I'm gonna call her pizzazz, like uh, pizzazz? like like the misfits on Jen, because she's just mad. Um, so my review, um, I I had only read about this book before. I hadn't read it before um, I I bought it, which uh, which is now like what like three or four weeks ago, and I've read it a few mm-hmm. times since then, and really good. My my only sort of uh, about it is that it just it kind of sticks in my craw that a a Wonder Woman book which people tout as uh, a definitive Wonder Woman book really isn't about Wonder Woman and I mean it it kind of is but it's it's sort of uh, indirect um, to her and it, it, it definitely kind of it kind of frustrated me a little bit, but uh, it's it's still a great story. Um, obviously, you know if it's if it's gotten you guys to get excited about Wonder Woman, hopefully then you will go read some more Wonder Woman and, and get more of um, her personality and her character and um, you know you know all of that stuff because. Like, to me, I think, because I am such a Wonder Woman fan, a lot of the character things, because, once again, there isn't a lot of dialogue in this book, is really um, inferred by myself, not necessarily outwardly spoken. And, you know, I'm not sure if anyone else, once again, you know, if, you know, no one sort of disagreed with me as I was talking through this book, but, you know, I'm not sure if everyone sort of gets the same read out of the book as, as I do because, you know, I, I am such a fan. So, like, that kind of bothered me, but um, end of the day, it's a great story. It's a great book. It's, um, 
it is expensive when you go to try to buy it nowadays. Um, Which makes me believe that they're probably going to release it soon or something like that. Because typically when stuff becomes this expensive, it means there's going to be a re-release or something like that in the near future. Yeah, and I, I will promise you, like, I am the king of Google searches and searching for random shit on the internet. So the moment I find this book somewhere that's a reasonable price, I will put it up on our Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, because, like, again, I, I, I'm almost tempted and... Possibly a few drinks from now, you know, I might because see, drunk Adam likes to buy future Adam gifts, <laughs> <laughs> and future Adam goes to the mail and he's like, "Oh, this is so cool! It was fuck you, past Adam." You're an <laughs> I had an so, ex-girlfriend of mine who used to take Ambien and then she would stay awake, and then she would order herself shoes online, and so every so often there'd be packages that would show up, and be like, "Oh, these are cute," and like it was just gifts from like her drugged-up self when she would just buy herself shoes and send them to the house. And she could afford all those shoes because I was buying all of her fucking food. But anyway, besides that, <laughs> that that's how I ended, that's how I ended up with random board games somehow. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, but I'm serious. This this is I love this. I'm uh, uh, again not to push past Brian with his talking about it. But yeah, when when this becomes affordable or available on Comicsology, uh, the moment I find out, I will definitely share it with everyone so you guys can mm-hmm. enjoy it as much as we did. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, you want to bite the bullet and buy a slightly expensive copy on Amazon. Um, I feel like you'll be rewarded for it because it is—it's fantastic, it's really good, um, and very fun. Uh, Hugh, I had a question for you since you know a lot about Greek mythology in general. Mm-hmm. Is, is the Hecatea like a traditional thing? Is that like that a real thing, or is that something that it was made up? It is a real point? thing. It does happen in in Greek mythology. Once again, like Batman says that um, Achilles and what, what was the other character that he he said. So it it is a thing. In fact, there is a play written by Euripides called um, whatever the uh, it's, it's called the Supplicants, but it's you know whatever. Uh, Oh, what do you call it when you do to ver- what do you do to verb? Sorry, I've been drinking too much vodka. Um, you fuck the verb. Supplicate. Su- uh, su- sub- subjugate is that what it's called? Subjugate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you subjugate verbs, it's whatever the subjugation of um, making it an actual noun and then the plural form of that noun of hecatea. Um, but in the original Greek, but it, it's called the supplicants. It's about um, anyway. Not not that it matters. Nobody cares. Well, What's really, really, what's really funny about this was, uh, I, I read this book yesterday, and actually I was texting Brian about it, like, I was like, oh my god, this is so fucking amazing, and I had no clue that Hecatea and everything else was around, like, the Greek mythology, and I find it kind of funny because, uh, last, my last day off, earlier in the week, I went to Redbox, and they had the, uh, the PS4 remaster of God of War 3, which is the one game I've never played, and so I bought it for, like, eight bucks, like, sweet, so I popped it in, I'm like, yay, Greek mythology, and then I finished my book on my Kindle, and I picked up uh, the new Apollo book by Rick Reardon, who wrote the Percy Jackson books, which are, again, all about Greek mythology. So I've had this like this Greek mythology binge this week. So <laughs> like, it all just magically worked out to where, oh, now the Hecatea is, is Greek mythology. And, like, and I'm a huge Greek mythology fan. Like, one of my favorite books as a kid was, remember the old uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, turn, Dude, the Greek mythology one, I can't remember what it was called now, like, I, like, where the kid goes back in time and all this shit happens, like, I, I, I wore that book out. I mean, I went through three copies, because I am a huge Greek mythology fan, so, the fact that this included it, like, it just took a great story and then pushed over the edge for me. My, my one side note on Greek mythology that I would love to point out is that, uh, 
When I was a kid, I had a, a, a friend, a neighbor, like I was a little kid, like like three or four years old. But we had a, a neighbor who, uh, his parents were Greek. And one of the coolest things that I remember about hanging out with them was that we would lay out on their back lawn and he would point out to the stars and he would tell us the Greek myths that went with the constellations, which was like, I wish I remembered all that shit, but I was like, I was like four or five years old. I don't really remember it, but I remember it being very cool that like you could look at the stars and there are stories associated with it. And there's this deep, rich mythology with it, which I thought was just like the coolest damn thing ever. And I wish I knew all that stuff. Well, I mean, it, it's all like the Zodiac comes from, from Greek mythology as well. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm, a, I'm I like the Zodiac. Um, <laughs> any, anyway, I'm, I'm a huge big Greek nerd, uh, Greek mythology nerd, which is why then I think I've, I've, I love Wonder Woman so much. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all. And also, yeah. it is almost 1 a.m. here, and I do have to go to work, and I'm being super butch tomorrow and going to a baseball game afterwards. Man, no, no, I know sports. Well, it really, it's just because um, the seats that I got were cheap, and they're next to Bryce Harper. So... Who's Bryce Harper? Uh, oh, oh, my God, I feel so straight. Um, he's the super hot Mormon um, Washington Nationals player. Oh. Uh. Yeah, he, he's he's scandalous because he doesn't wear the under uh, any undershirt underneath his uniform, and he leaves it unbuttoned at the top, which is uh, apparently a scandalo amongst um, baseball players, and um, it's also a little a scandalo with, um, with some of his Mormon fans, because obviously he doesn't wear the, 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 the garments. He's not wearing his, he's not wearing his Jesus jammies. But, um, he, uh, <laughs> he, um, he recently, he recently, by recent, like two, like maybe like a year or so ago, broke up with his fiance, um, from, because he's from Vegas, I think, originally. And, uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's super dreamy, and I'm gonna meet him tomorrow, and we're gonna have lots and lots of Mormon babies. That's gonna be lovely. awesome. If I just throw it in, I'll bring a crock pot or something as a gift. It'll be oh. great. Hey, I, can, I can legally, I can legally marry you. So let me know. Hey, yeah. I think I think everybody else on this podcast can yep. do that because Todd can do it. Not and I can do it. I feel so left out. Oh my gosh! Can all three of you guys marry us? That'd be awesome. Be like, oh hell's yeah! Be yeah. like just big gay Mormon wedding. If you would like your own big gay Mormon wedding, please contact the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. <laughs> but seriously, I'm so glad that you guys like this book. It's uh, it's yes, great. yes, yes, yes. Love you, Q. Go back. Bye, 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 Q. Bye. Bye. Uh, cool. So I'll throw in a couple of recommendations for Q. Um, one is uh, I, like I said, I went to the comic book shop recently and kind of asked for recommendations and uh, we had read uh, Brian K. Vaughn's um, saga a few weeks ago um, so I picked mm-hmm. up uh, Paper Girls which is an ongoing series he also has as well um, and it's really fun um, I enjoyed it a lot it is basically a story of a, of a group of uh, paper girls um, so like they're paper boys but they're paper girls I didn't understand that reference until I started reading the book so they deliver the paper it is in like about 1988 and uh, it is on the eve of Halloween and there's a bunch of weird people out and about and something about time traveling and something about, like you're not quite sure what's going on it's fascinating it's interesting and there's something about trying you think it's about time traveling because for some reason these weird creatures happen to have apple products so they're somehow traveling in time and things like that uh, which I liked a lot the other thing that I'm going to uh, that I would like to recommend that I've been reading today um, and I have one issue left in it is the first trade of uh, Archie and the Afterlife, 
or the afterlife with Archie, and basically Ooh, it is. Maya said good things about. It's so. so fucking fun. Like it's really cool. It's a, uh, it's your River City gang, man. It's Archie and Jughead and Betty and Veronica, and basically the story is uh, Jughead's dog, um, Hot Dog, gets hit by a car. He's heartbroken. He takes it to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, asks her to bring the dog back to life. Uh, Sabrina. Uh, although her aunts tell her not to, uh, her cat Salem, who she's revived from the grave, says, "You know, you've done this for somebody before." So uh, they basically do a pet cemetery thing where they bring the dog back to life. The problem is the dog comes back as a zombie. Dog comes back to Jughead, bites Jughead. Jughead turns into zombie. Jughead or zombie Jughead goes to the uh, the high school Halloween dance, and then he starts raising hell. And so basically, you have a zombie outbreak all started by Jughead, and you have the River City gang or yeah, Riverside, River City, Riverside gang trying to survive a zombie outbreak. And uh, it's it's fucking fun. Like it's it's awesome. yeah, it's great. So uh, those are my two recommendations. So I'm covering one for Q. Uh, Todd, you got anything you want to recommend? I've been. Um... This past week, I've been reading Loveless. Um, I think the first one's called Thicker Than Blackwater. It's written by Brian Azzarello, and it's basically this cowboy post-World War II, and he fought for the South, goes home, and life's not as it should be, and he's on his path for vengeance. Yeah, so Azzarello previously wrote 100 Bullets, and he also did that Lex Luthor Man of Steel book, as well as some other really good stuff. Yeah, he's done some really cool stuff of Lex's stuff. Yeah, it's good. Loveless. Cool. Read it. It's great. Adam, you got anything you want to recommend this week? Uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of off the wall. Uh, you know, this week was kind of slow for me at the comic shop. I mean, Dr. Bolts, I know you guys listen because you're amazing, and you always take care of me, but there wasn't much there. Uh, but the one thing that was kind of surprising... Uh, there's a, a webcomic called The Misadventures of Tobias and Guy, and it's actually, uh, it's an LGBT comic, and it's, this guy wrote it as, uh, this guy, you know, says, like, he, he, it starts out with this guy on a park bench, sees someone run past him, he's like, oh, I totally sell my soul to get with someone like him, and this demon shows up, he's like, oh, really, you'll do that? And he's like, well, I would, but you're actually kind of hot, so I'd go for you. He's like, really? you go for me? <laughs> And so the demon turns into like this, you know, scruffy looking dude and they start dating. So it's about this human dating a demon. And it's it's obviously it's really cool because because it's a gay comic, like it, it deals with more issues and it's all very lighthearted, but you know, it is a bit sexual. It's it's very much it's not nudity, but it's an adult more uh, more of an adult comic. And it's just, it's been really fun. I've been reading it for years, and I'm a member of the the Gay Geek, the Gay Geek, not Gay Geek. Trust me, there's a difference. The Gay Geek uh, Facebook page, and the author, the writer, he's actually one of the members. And today he posted he just finished the comic, and he posted the final strip and said, "Hey, I've been doing this for a couple years now. It started out as like a web comic where I didn't know what I was doing, and I'm sure it was horrible, but you know, thank you guys for." supporting me and doing all this stuff and, and for making it so popular and yeah it ended he's doing more stuff so if you get a chance uh, especially if you're lgbt uh the misadventures of tobias t-o-b-i-a-s and guy it's just fun lighthearted, silly it's a bit sacrilegious uh but it's it's been something i've been reading for a couple years every now and then when he posts new stuff and it's kind of sad it's coming to an end but it, again a fun comic you know Go enjoy it, and then lastly, because I have to, because I'm a movie dude, uh, I know this comes out in July, but if you haven't seen it by then, please do not go see Independence Day 2, <laughs> it's a piece of dog shit, 
And if you have not gotten to see The Shallows, which is Blake Lively versus The Shark, uh, you should because it's a lot of fun. So those are my, my two recommendations and my one unrecommendation for the week. I think that does it for this week. Um, once again, thank you for listening. Um, if you like what you heard or uh, you have any questions, comments, or concerns or things better left unsaid, you can uh, let us know via our website, www.funnybooksandfirewire.com. There is also now, um, as of this recording, because I probably put it up about three weeks ago because I built it, there is a suggest a book uh, section where you can actually put in a book you would like, uh, the author, some information to help us find it, and uh, some notes as to why you think it's awesome. There's also an email response thing so that we can write back to you and say, hey, thanks, that's a great idea, we appreciate it. Um, we will not spam you or send you any sort of em- emails or anything like that because I, I... I might send dick pics, I can't promise that. Well, I mean, if you want dick pics from Adam, you can request those separately as well. There's also just a, a general <laughs> contact as well. Um, if you uh, like what you hear also, if you could like us on whatever... Um, app you use to download this that would be very helpful helps uh, other people uh, find us as well and makes our lives uh, better in general and uh, you know let's just spread the love of uh, the books we love and the drinks we love and uh, we're all about the love here baby you can find us on twitter instagram uh, tumblr facebook so uh, like us come say hey come check it out and until then uh, please support your local comic shop and don't forget to tip your bartender all right you know what i'm taking this to the bathroom wonder woman hit me with that link titstitstits.com do i have to torrent this Never mind, found it. Meanwhile, in the bathroom. I quit. <laughs>